This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast with the SoLink Front of the House. Coming to you from the Linux Tower studios of FRM Solutions in the beautiful Buckhead neighborhood of Atlanta, Georgia, this is Franchise Today on Wednesday, May 8th, 2019. I'm Stan Friedman, and just ahead, a robust discussion of what it takes in today's world to create the perfect recipe for lead generation and marketing. I mean, let's face it, gone are the days of just rotating your budgets across a variety of franchise web portals. We're in a whole new place today with SEM, SEO, content creation, content management, social and reputation management, Gary V, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and more experts professing what you need to know. By the way, did I mention Gary V? Yeah, more experts professing what you need to know than there are banks on every corner, no matter where it is in America you live. But don't fret. We've got the best of both worlds. In fact, the best of all worlds here today to give us a sense of how to manage it all without completely overwhelming ourselves. I'm referring to 919 Marketing's founder and CEO, David Chapman, and Ryan Hicks, podcast host and producer, producer of uh, this podcast as well, I might add. And um, along with Ryan and David, we're going to talk a lot about the difference between the old and the new, the current and what's ahead, B2B marketing and technology. Um, we're going to get into all of it here in on this episode of Franchise Today. But first, my sincere thanks to Robbie Spreckman, CFO of Retro Fitness, for joining us last week and sharing his passion for franchising and fitness, both fiscal and physical, for sharing so much with us about his personal journey and the growth of retro fitness. As always, our guests here on Franchise are, franchise Today are always so open and giving and happy to share some of the nuggets that have gotten them to where they can clearly talk about sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Also, remember, franchisors, to get your entries in for the MFV Expos, Best Franchisee of the USA and Best Franchisee of the World Competition. You'll find links on the Franchise Today Facebook page so that you can learn more about that. And with that said, it's time now for the front of the house, which today honors the passing of an IFA great and an IFA icon. I'm talking about the one and only Dick Rennick. Recognized as one of the leading experts in the franchise community, Dick Rennick was well known as the founder and CEO of American Leak Detection. By the time he sold the company in 2007, it had grown to more than 360 franchisees in 44 states and 13 countries. Dick Rennick was also known for providing consulting services for many established as well as emerging and internationally based franchise systems. After selling American Leak Detection, he founded Team Rennick, a consulting business that allowed him to focus on his passion which was clearly all about mentoring and coaching entrepreneurs. Dick shared his expertise on how to start a franchise business, how to grow existing franchise businesses, and he and he taught it all based on his lifelong experience in the franchising world. An active member of IFA, Dick was appointed chairman of the IFA Board of Directors in the 2005 and 2006 term and was appointed chairman of the IFA Educational Foundation before that from 02 through 04. His litany of awards ran the gamut, including the IFA Educational Foundation's prestigious William Rosenberg Leadership Award in 2008, Top top Technology Award for Entrepreneurship and Franchising given by Cal State University in 2005, Spirit of Entrepreneur Technology awarded by Riverside Press, the Franchising Innovation Award given by the University of Texas, El Paso, Franchisor of the Year, awarded by the American Association of Franchisees and Dealers in 1998, Entrepreneur of the Year by IFA in 
Dick won awards for franchising excellence internationally as well, an outstanding franchisor award through the University of Texas, El Paso in 1996, his personal and business philosophy screamed all things franchising and could be summed up in a single word, team. It was all about team for Dick Rennick. He left his mark on all of us that have known and loved him and will be deeply missed. Our loss is heaven's gain as Dick leaves us, but brings his passion for franchising to the next life. And with that, I say rest in peace, my friend. And thank you again for uh, indulging me here because I'm going to miss this man. He was a good friend for a great many years from whom I've learned a great deal as well. And that, my friends, is today's Front of the House brought to you by Solink, a company that provides amazing loss prevention technology for restaurants and retail. In fact, when I describe Solink, I suggest that they've done for loss prevention what Apple and Android have done for cell phones. They've made those tools smarter. Whether you operate a single unit or a multi-unit empire or are the franchisor or executive of a retail or restaurant brand, if unit-level economics are on your mind, you owe it to yourself and your business to learn more about Solink. Once deployed, Solink's technology captures instances of exceptional behavior at all of your sites. Solink then records everything that goes on in the front and the back of the house eliminating the need to review hours of tape to identify those exceptions. After their technology captures it all, it provides reports that actually attract your attention to the specific video clips of those exceptional transactions. This gives you full visibility into every action and transaction at every site from any device, and you can do it all on demand. Solink utilizes your current point-of-sale and security camera systems, providing you with added value from existing tools. That's right. No new cameras or hardware purchases are required to put Solink to work for you. As always, find out more about Solink online at www.solink.com. And now for today's guests, David Chapman has 25-plus years of senior-level marketing experience working with a roster of national brands, including Caterpillar, Golden Corral, Great Clips, Hanes, Lowe's, Home Improvement, Nabisco, the Rosetta Stone, Unilever Foods, Visiting Angels, and Valvoline. Prior to founding 919 Marketing, his career path included serving as CEO and Executive Vice President of Marketing for several successful franchise entrepreneurial-type companies and account director for the largest global advertising agency network. 919 Marketing is a national content marketing firm with a proven track record of helping underdog companies of all sizes increase revenue, create a competitive advantage, and improve their marketing results. Using their trademarked link planning process, 919 seasoned senior level consultants extract the insights required to develop winning business strategies and provide the marketing horsepower required to produce clear, measurable, and recognizable results. Their growth is tied to the growth of their clients, and to that end, they've twice been named by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 200 fastest-growing private marketing firms in the U.S. They provide the best of both worlds, traditional, high-powered strategic planning, public relations, coupled with social media, digital marketing, direct marketing, and full creative capabilities each utilizing proven processes refined over hundreds of client engagements. A speaker at national conferences as well, um, David's all about accelerating franchise sales and driving more revenue for the franchisee network. And 919 Marketing is a proven go-to source for national companies of all sizes that want to grow their businesses. Ryan Hicks is the VP of Development for Ralio. Uh, Ralio is a powerful combination, provides a powerful combination of social technology and local agency expertise. Ralio empowers local operators to ignite their social presence with easy to use mobile technology that turns employees into brand ambassadors and advocates. Roll up analytics provide brands with complete control over their local social media and reputation presence and clarity into which locations and operators are performing the best. Ralio's franchise-specific technology and services actually rally employees and customers around the brand, 
So I get the benefits of increasing local engagement, growing brand, brand following, following engagement, engagement building, building trust, trust and local and loyalty. But today, we're going to dive into whether and how all of that works on the B2B side as well, or if that's just meant for franchisees in their consumer marketing efforts. So with all of that said, David, Ryan, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Looking forward to the conversation. It's going to be very interesting. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it as well. Stan, thank you so much for having us on today. So guys, my goal for today and for this episode is to try and unpack and unclutter all the polarity. I mean, today there are experts, I mean, everywhere. I'm jokingly said it earlier, but it's, it's, you know, like every minute of every hour, my inbox gets whacked with people that are wanting to offer me social media advice, lead generation advice, reputation management, search engine optimization, keyword buys. I mean, it is like banks on every street corner, and there are experts everywhere that are vying for our attention. So we're going to talk about how all of this comes into play and how each of you brings a certain level of core competency to to the party. But we're going to start the episode the way we do every week. I'm going to ask you, David, first, tell us how the intersection of big corporate business and marketing led you to franchising and the creation of 919. And Ryan, while you've got fewer years in this business than David or me, um, it'll be very interesting for the audience to understand too from whence you came and how you found your way into franchising. David, let's start with you. Okay, sure. Um, Well, like a lot of dads, I coached both of my children in, in baseball, which is sort of our family sport. And I was coaching a, a team one fall and with my younger son. And as it often happens with people who have coached teams, this will certainly resonate with them. That is that I uh, was sponsoring. I had to sponsor the team because no one else would sponsor the team. So I was coaching the team and sponsoring the team. So we had our 919 marketing logo on the back of the jerseys. And one day a dad came up to me and he said, tell me what 919 marketing does. I did that. And he said, have you ever thought about getting into franchising? I said, no, not really. Uh, Tell me more about it. So I ended up working on an in-home care company, uh, I guess about six months later from that and and never stopped a decade later. So, Hmm. you know, as it happens in life, that's, that happens so many times where you get involved with, with relationships with people and companies and, and many times through your children. And in this case, that was like, that's how I got started. Ryan, what about you? You know, it's interesting, David, you bring up a baseball diamond. So I'm going to go way back in, in my past. And there, there's a, there's a correlation there for me as well. So my neighbor growing up was a multi-unit franchisee of Sonic. And I remember like I would go to baseball practice we would do tournaments everywhere and all these different places. And this is literally when I'm eight years old. And I remember my dad just pointing out to me, hey, the ice is the same. The uniforms are the same. When you push the little red button, it's the same experience when you go to these different places. And so me as an eight-year-old, my mind is blown because my neighbor and I played ball with the family and all that. I'm sitting here thinking my neighbor owns this huge company and they have these locations everywhere. And then you know, he, he just explained to me and just through a little bit of time, I understood the difference of the franchisee and the franchisor. I understood the concept of brand standards through the, through the analogy of the ice and through seeing that uh, it's not the big corporate brand that a lot of the consumers have misconceptions that it's not the big corporate brand. It's actually local operators. And so I just I understood that early on. So fast forward the tape a little bit. I started a business in college. Um, I had about 500 businesses around six different college campuses that we did business with. And I just, I kind of went to where my knowledge was and I would naturally, I I had local business owners, but I started doing business with some, uh, a lot of franchisees and I would go to a few different corporate brands and realize that I can, I can do a much greater deal in a co-op. And so I've always approached uh, my, my foray into franchising was really from the uh, marketing you know, I built a marketing platform in college where students would come to this. This is before Facebook was really mobile. It was kind of a desktop app, but we, you could build an iPhone app, which we did, and we would list the drink specials around campus, and that attracted the students. And, and you could send a push notification and thus grab the attention of students and help drive them into businesses. And so I built this platform, did business with a lot of local franchisees, and then went on 
to uh, help grow and be a partner in another technology company. And we focus specifically on franchising. And through all of that, I, I brought, I, I, I guess, from some early knowledge, I brought an intention, intentionality behind uh, going into business on the, on the supplier side and franchising because it's something that I understood early on. And I, I think it's an incredibly powerful uh, mechanism by which to expand a business. And I love it. So franchising has run through my veins for a long time now. So, David, I'm going to come back to you. And as somebody who has been uh, involved in marketing before, marketing budgets were managed by technology departments. I mean, anymore today, um, you know, marketing budgets are so tied to, to technology and advances in technology are so fast-paced and, and ever-changing and, and moving. Um, we know in franchising, as franchisor executives all know, that when you're trying to move somebody along to make a decision one way or the other in favor of your brand, that we need to give them clarity of messaging and we need to help give them clarity of understanding and trust because confused minds make no decisions. And with all of the clutter and all of the change in the landscape of marketing today, how do you help a franchise professional who probably doesn't have a tenth of the experience that either of you do when it comes to either traditional or new school marketing. How do you help them get their heads around all of this and keep them from becoming polarized? Because it's gotten to be a fast paced environment with all these experts telling you, me, 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 I'm the guy who can help you get it done. What's right. the magic David between the old and the new and where is that intersection? Is it all one or all the other, or is it some blend of both? Well, I think there's even another layer to it when you think about it in the context of you and I are pre-internet people. You know, we um, we know what it was like being in the business world, you know, and me particularly in the marketing world prior to this crazy thing called the internet being launched. Whereas Ryan. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know I suspect. I mean, we're sort of north of the Gen X line, Ryan. You are certainly you've. There's been an internet since since you've obviously been active in business. So it and and then if you look at franchising, I think it's much the same way. You know, you've got you know you got folks that were around for a long time. Uh, you've got people that are that are uh, the the new generation, the folks that are have a very different perspective on how to how to go about marketing, and it and it creates a, an interesting interesting dynamic you know in, in in context with that because if you're someone who uh is um you know a baby boomer or even, i guess maybe even gen x to some folks within generation x you know the way that you look at marketing the way you look at making business decisions uh it, i mean things have changed i mean you know it, it goes from a quicker decisions about you know how campaigns are produced and launched in a shorter amount of time so you know, the old, there used to be this old saying about, do you want it, you want it fast or do you want it good? You know, nowadays it's got to be fast and it's got to be good. Right. So you, uh, the good thing I like about now, today's world is that, you know, now there's much better data to make better decisions. Uh, that, that's the part that, you know, within, particularly within marketing, that was always sort of the soft, mushy thing was, uh, you know, the old thing about how half of my ad budget is a, is a waste. I just don't know what half. Now you know exactly, you know, by, based on analytics, you can make really, stronger decisions much quicker um and the only thing that i will tell you that i sort of see from a, a negative perspective is, is that you know it's there's this and, and particularly in franchising is this thing of you know people uh, the, the having the time to build a brand versus everything always being on promotion it's sort of like that private company public company mentality where private companies can can make decisions that have a little bit longer uh lead times whereas publicly traded companies have to make decisions based on every quarter's performance and you know so I, I think that there's a lot of that going on in franchising and then in terms of all the different options that are out there i i you know I, it's very confusing i mean it's uh there's a there's a ton of people out there a lot of clutter saying the same sort of things and so i i know exactly why you asked the question and i know where you're coming from but in terms of you know how to make decisions about that. I think we'll talk about that in greater detail through this call. Clearly, but um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with where you came from. You know, you know, if you're if you're sort of on the on the other side of the the genetic side, I think that people go with sort of relationships and trust. I mean, the one thing that I do know is that 
you know, I think franchising, uh, I, I don't understand what you guys think about this, but I mean, to me, trust is the deal maker in today's franchising world. You know, it's who you trust. Um, and trust is an interesting thing to sort of wrap your hand, hat around, you know, in terms of how do you determine how you're going to trust all these different suppliers out there. And it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And it's not just listening to the buzz of it. It's, it's, it goes back to reputation. It goes back to people that they've done business with. It goes back to, I mean, we all know how franchising people talk, you know, and I think it has to, people always go back to talking to people that have sort of gone through the same experience and learning from them to make better decisions. Well, I'm going to throw this next question to you, Ryan, because in the old world, I agree with a lot of what David just said. I still think that a lot of that is true. It is about trust. I also know, though, that we can all tell prospects everything we can about our brands. And and literally, if they're looking at two or three brands at a time, a lot of what they hear may get conflated from one brand to the next about who told them what. The one thing that I know for sure, though, is that whether they remember what they've heard, there's one thing that's irrefutable in my mind, and that is how they feel about what they heard. They won't forget how they feel about somebody who impacted them either positively or adversely. They're going to remember that. And I think in today's fast-paced world with with social and digital marketing and on-demand information as opposed to those conversations that used to be pre-programmed and scheduled, and they still are, but with all the information that people can find and vet about a concept before they even spoken to you, Ryan, in the digital world, how do you compensate for that helpful making them feel good about who it is they're dialoguing with? Yeah, I think, I think that I'll go back to my, one of my favorite quotes in marketing and that is, and it ties perfectly exactly with what you're talking about, David, which is a brand is no longer what we tell our customers or consumers that it's about, or it's not about what we tell our franchise prospects that it's about. Cause I think we can segment this conversation, you know, macro, everything holds true, but we could actually seg this conversation, segment this conversation into how are we looking at consumer? And then also how are we looking at franchise development? A lot of it's the same. It's just, it's just, you, you have to, you have to go at those strategies differently, but a brand isn't what we tell our prospects. It's what they tell each other, especially on the consumer side. So, if you go like, look, super, super big picture and you Stan, you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk in the intro of, of this podcast. And, and he, this is something that he, I think you referenced in, in the IFA keynote when he talks about raise your hand, if you have Netflix today and you do not watch TV, raise your hand, if you do this, do that. And it was staggering. So what, what is evident is that attention has, Changed. It's not that people have changed. It's just that we have faster tools. We have better internet connectivity, and we are we're spending our time in in different places. So if you and and I also love the analogy. If you look at okay, let's go a hundred years back, and radio was one of the one of the major ways to go put out one great um, advertisement and go get a lot of business in a local market and or nationally. And then the TV came along. And that, that was a big change. And now we've seen with the explosion of the internet and mobile devices, now not only do we have what we're putting in our eardrums and what we're watching on TV and on these different devices, but we have these mobile phones that we're spending crazy amounts of time on. And so as a marketer, as a brand who has a business to run and there's way too many things taking the attention and you have limited budget, it's hard to figure out you know, where do I go put, where do I go put my focus and my energy? And so that's at the end of the day, you just have to look at it and understand where are my, where are my people at and, and how do I get to them? And I'm not an expert in, in all types of digital pay-per-click and this and that and the other, where I tend to focus on is organic and we can get down into the, 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 the differences of all of those, but how do you use the different social platforms where people are spending a crazy amount of their, their time. How do you use those platforms to have additional touch points with your folks? And then how do you use those to then go, um, go drive, uh, you know, call to action, quantifiable sales. And so there, there's, there's a way to go about it 
Um, for all the above, we can get down into details, but I like to say it's the Wayne Gretzky quote, it's skate to where the puck is. And if you're putting, if you're putting a lot of your money in places where people are not, you wouldn't put a lemonade stand on a street with no traffic at the end of the day. So you, you just, you have to, you have to be, um, you know, first figure out the, the, your consumer and then backwards engineer it from there. So great points, excellent points. And I think the the nugget out of that for me is is meet them where they are. It doesn't matter what we think. It matters what they think. So I think what I'm hearing there, Ryan, is with clarity, you best know who your prospects are. You best know who they ought to be. And then where they are is where you meet them. Um, and so if they're older school, maybe if your average age of a franchisee is, is my world or David's, um, you you may find your balance between digital versus traditional um, in that mix. But I'm going to ask another question that throws yet another level of concern from my part, David, and that is how much of what the message is are you putting out there, whether it's old school or new? Um, what about the difference between people who are with intention looking and you're trying to capture their interest to look at this brand instead of the other three or four in the, in the competitive set. But then what about the audience out there of people who aren't looking? What about the people who are not even aware that there's an opportunity? I think often of the old in-flight magazine that would catch my attention on a Delta jet and hit me right in the gut because there was a franchising section that said, Hey, I used to be where you are sitting on that airplane. Look at me now. And I'm in the pool with my kids. And here you hit the eyeballs of somebody who is never even thinking about franchising, but you've created a moment where you may have captured the interest of somebody, and then you can push content to them and and maybe create a prospect that you're not competing with five other brands for. Talk about the difference between intentional versus um, casual in terms of attracting people with purpose versus those that hadn't even thought about it. And how do you yeah. break that apart? Yeah, that's that's a great transition. And, and and again, I will go back to the earlier thing that I said about trust and how you build trust with people in today's world uh, really is not that much different than what it was in, in days past, with the exception of the fact that when you look at advertising, and when I say advertising, it could be social, it could be digital, it could be traditional, it could be you, you name it. However, you're connecting or communicating. It could be, it could be organic content, paid content. What it really comes down to in today's world is solving, helping people solve a problem or answer a question that they have. It's not about your brand. It's about them and it's about what their, what's their pain is, what's the, what are they looking for, what are they aspirationally wanting to accomplish. And if you can be, if you can play a role in them getting the answers that they want, getting the clarity that they need and, and being able to build a relationship with them, um, that's how you really make a difference in today's world and particularly in franchising, you know, because I think the, one of the biggest mistakes I see in franchising is that even in today's world, I still see people all too often so eager to tell people about their great brand without really considering the fact that they may not be looking for your brand. They, you know, I mean, I don't think people necessarily go like, hey, I want to get in franchising. I mean, people are saying, I want to change my life for the better. I want to stop traveling all the time. I want to not feel like I'm getting ready to be vaporized in corporate America. I mean, it's all about those folks. And if you can if you can provide them content, and, and when I say content, I mean literally, you know, in many cases, telling them information that you would be scared to have told them five, ten years ago. You know, I mean, I mean in my world, for example, with us, I mean, I mean, I literally write articles about what we do. And I go into great detail telling people exactly what we do and how we think and how we make things happen. And, you know, in previous worlds, no way in the world I'd ever do that. That's our black box secret stuff. And now if I can tell people how to do something, then I feel like I've really got a leg up with them when they look for someone who's a, looking for a marketing partner is because, you know, we've been able to help them solve a problem or be able to sort of resonate with them on something that they can't quite get right. And, and I think it applies also to when you're selling a franchise. 
you know, when you're talking to people, you're talking to people who are different parts of the funnel, as you mentioned earlier. It's not just the people that are top of the funnel. It's definitely not all the people that are already in the middle that are really anxious, you know, to do make a decision today. You've got to be able to have different pieces of content, and the content has to be focused on those different people within different stages of the buying process to really to be able to have a a really integrated plan and, and organic content. You know, I mean, I mean, I've seen it a million work a million times. You know, I've seen it with. You know, for example, I've seen it. Uh, we had a client we worked with about eight years ago. They wrote a very simple article, and it was not an article about their company at all. It was about how to, how to exit the corporate world, and that content is still number two in a Google search, and it was written six years ago. So if you can write the right content and write it to the context of the person who's looking for making a change in their life, and I, that leads them to your franchise. That's the way it has to work today. I mean, you look at advertising. I mean, back in the days, to Ryan's point with radio, it was just as simple as I'm going to make a media buy. I'm going to reach this many people, and they have no other option but to listen to it. In today's world, it's not about you pushing an ad to them. It's about you giving them information and pulling them to you that in that way. So to me, that's really where we are in today's world. And Ryan, of course, with all due respect, didn't go back far enough. Um, you know, as an old radio guy, I'm glad he went back to radio. But newspaper used to be king even before that. Yep, that's and, right. And if we <clears throat> if we talk about newspaper for a minute, so two kinds of people would have read the newspaper. I mean, there'd be somebody who had purpose and was on a mission. Somebody who perhaps is looking to rent a place or to buy a place or buy a car or find a roommate. And what do you do with purpose? You'd go to the back of the paper and go to the classifieds and looking for exactly what it was that was driving your interest. Whereas someone else might've opened the newspaper just to kind of like browse like we would today on the web and just casually stumble across something that captured their interest and drew them in. When we come back from our break, I want to ask you both to spend a little bit of time on each of those kinds of profiles in today's world and whether digitally or whether old school um, there are ways that our audience can leave today's podcast with a couple of nuggets to help them better understand how to approach both. And we're going to talk more about both of that, both of those topics in just a few minutes. But first, this break. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. Franchise Today is produced and presented each week by FRM Solutions providing best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM enables real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and their prospective and existing franchisees. This empowers your team to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all communications to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including text messages. Legal and compliance is simplified as well with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and archived in both candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. There are no long-term contracts required, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions, online at frmsolutions.com. So, Ryan, let me throw it to you and take a first stab at that, because I think there are two distinct profiles. We've got the person who... Um, your website is a, you know, every franchisor's website is going to be the first place, no matter where you're marketing or trying to find people. They're going to your website before they ever say hello in today's world. And so your website's got to be kind of like a net that you cast out there to capture um, some high level of interest enough to maybe have somebody identify themselves to you. And that could be somebody who is coming with purpose and interested or somebody who stumbled upon something that captured their interest and they did a Google search and landed on your page. But I don't think it's either or. Whether you're using old school or or digital marketing, there has to be some um, level of engagement on the part of a franchise development manager today to say, all right, I've got to spend X amount of my budget to generate interest, and I've got to spend X amount of my budget to manage the funnel of people that are already there. 
break that down for us a little bit, Ryan, and help the audience understand how they can approach that with a little more ease and less polarity? Yeah, so there's definitely a lot to unpack there. I think that first and foremost, uh, it, it does go back to trust. It does go back to community. And that really is the, the opportunity that, that social media can. Uh, and, and by the way, let me just preface this. that I'm, I'm, speaking, from, I'm speaking from a lens uh, specifically of social and of, of content because that's, that's my realm of expertise and, and that's where I live and play. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking from, uh, you know, from the tra- traditional marketing standpoint. I'm just, I'm just speaking from what I know works today and works very, very well today. But the way to build uh, community and engagement and trust is to have conversations that, that are not just one way and they're two way. And it's really about what David mentioned. It's about providing valuable information solving a problem and understanding who they are and, and where they are and, and what that looks like in an actual play is first and foremost, if, if someone enters the top line of your funnel and now you are able to obviously then go, go target those, those people across all social, all, all digital, really. Um, whenever, whenever they, whenever you are following them around, you can't just follow them around with ads. You have, you have to, for example, if they were to go onto your Facebook page or onto your LinkedIn profile, that becomes then a window into the soul of your business. That becomes a validation tool. That's true from franchise development perspective, as well as from a consumer perspective. And so the, the types of, the types of content that you're putting out, it can be it can be written via articles. David mentioned a great case study that they, they have. I'm actually familiar with that case study because David's came on Modern Business Podcast, but they wrote a really great article talking about how to get out of the corporate world. Well, how do you go take that particular article and maybe, maybe John Smith, who lives in you know Georgia, he is a reader. So he wants to see that content put in the form of an article. Or he, he wants to see it in a simple infographic. But how do, you, how do you then go turn that into a piece of audio content? How do you also create that same message to that same guy and put it into video format? And so part of the biggest opportunity that, that exists, I think, for franchise development teams and for consumer teams is, is understanding what David said, which is it's, it's context, then creative. So Whenever I'll give the example, whenever because it'll kind of tie it home and then talk about how to navigate this as it relates to the 20 different platforms that that marketers are looking at today. There's a lot more than 20, but major platforms. Whenever whenever we change from radio to TV, a lot of the same people tried to run the same ads on TV that they were putting on radio. They just thought they can copy paste. And if you look at any franchise system today, most 90 percent of groups are, are doing the same thing when it comes to social. They think that they can put the same posts on Instagram and Facebook and they can have some they borrow strategy, which yes, that's true. But you have to think about the creative that you're making and the content that you're making from the platform first and then, and, and then back into that. So I'll give an example for the article that, that, that um, David's client, he helped his client create this article Today, you can go turn that into a story on Instagram, and that can be in many different forms. You can, you, can, you can pull that from a testimonial video that you shoot, which I know David's company does a lot of uh, video work, and they're tooled up from a content perspective. So if you're a franchisor, I would find partners that understand how to create content around the context that fits within the message and the platform that you're delivering it on. And that's that's really the challenging part because you oftentimes will not have those experts in house and you know on the team, and so you need to you need to have a, a partner that you can trust so that you can go build community. I'll give it another example, and then I'll shut up because I'm talking too much. But I, I landed on I saw I saw a gentleman speak at at the Franchise Unconference, and he's with a company called Fitbody Bootcamp. His name is Bedros, and he puts out a lot of really really awesome content. Um, but what what I noticed is, is I went to his Facebook page, and from then on, I am I have I literally feel like I know this dude, and I'm a part of his life because his company and him they're creating they're creating 
micro pieces of content. And that can come from a, a bigger article. That article that David referenced can actually be three different types of still image content and this and that. It's just how do you how do you go take that core pillar piece of content that's resonating well when you're looking at the data and how do you go then distribute that um, you know targetedly through social channels? And obviously that's a lot to navigate, but that is one of the biggest things that brands are kind of missing on. And it's the biggest opportunity. And on the the, the consumer side at Rallyo, we've figured that out on a really awesome scale, and would love to talk about that later. But I'll I'll hush so David can give some some feedback. So David, let's let's unpack that a little further. Is is it plausible to say then that a franchise or even a younger emerging brand that may not have the depth of budget to create a lot of content uh, could in fact create content with multi-purpose. So could a franchisor shoot a piece of video or have B-roll of video that could be used multiple different times, multiple different ways in different parts of the pipeline and, and have only shot the video once and, um, you know, get a whole lot more bang for the buck by having that kind of content available for different aspects of the funnel and trying to attract or create attention for different people who may not have seen it the first time, the first place it was used. Talk about that. Yeah, I really, I'm really glad Ryan brought that up. I mean, that, that is a, that's a, a big, big deal in my view is that, you know, I always, always sort of tell people fewer, bigger, better. Um, and I think that applies to social channels. I think it applies to marketing in general and that, you know, no one's got an unlimited budget. So you've got to figure out what can you make the biggest impact with. And I will tell you that in my personal opinion, and, and certainly, you know, go on Google and look at the statistics. But I mean, video, the power of video, I think that franchisors are getting it more than they used to. I still don't think they have really even just hit more than the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we're used to see, the only place I used to see video were, were those horrible videos that franchisors did where they got their franchisees at a conference. They were either hungover or they wanted to go to the bar, you know, and they're like, I love my brand. Can I go now? Okay, great. So, uh, you know, those are the videos, the only ones you saw now, you know, and today, I mean, you know, we do videos on a million different topics. You know, we do sort of ones that are like meet the team, you know, because who who are the folks that are and they don't have to be all top of the funnel too. I mean, you can you can do one video, uh, shoot a video for a day and get a lot of content out of it. I mean, just yeah, that was my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can uh, you know you can do meet the team, you can do brand story, you can do top ten questions were asked. I mean, there's all these different ways to use video to be able to to tell your story and to to repurpose it on social and to turn it into different pieces. I mean, you can always shoot a video and take the you know, the contents of it and turn it into an article or I, I'm so glad you guys brought that up. To me, that is, that is a big, big deal is to be able to repurpose content. Uh, and, but you, but again, to Ryan's point, you can't just take it literally and push it across different channels. You've got to reformat it. You've got to think about your audience and sort of how you, how you structure it appropriately to make it work on that channel. But I mean, fewer, bigger, better and using video. And in, in my opinion, I, I mean, I mean, I love, I love video. I mean, infographics are awesome. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, the written word, I mean, a really beautiful blog of a, of a thousand words. I know people go like, oh my God, a thousand words. But if you've written something really powerful and it's a thousand words, people are going to read it and want more. So it's just about what kind of content can you create and what's really going to resonate. I mean, the, the one other thing I'll say that I've, I think people, as far as a nugget that people maybe ought to think about is becoming subject matter experts and particularly you know, CEOs of brands that, you know, a lot of them run away from that. But I mean, I mean, we all know that when someone's looking to buy a franchise brand, they are going to check out who started this company, who's the CEO of the brand, in addition to the, the salespeople, obviously. So picking a topic or picking an industry and being able to be an expert and get, get published as an expert, I mean, you know, we get people in Forbes a lot, CEOs. Um, I mean, what I still love, I mean, even though it's an old story, is this, you know, with Red Bull being able to start a magazine called the Red Bulletin that has a higher circulation than many magazines that people think of of having, you know, Sports Illustrated, for example, where they've been able to become subject matter experts, which was unthinkable 10 years ago. I mean, there's no way in the world that a corporate entity was going to be able to be thought of as a, as a thought leader. I mean, they even sell video and they sell content to the major magazines now. So it shows you how things have changed and how 
much of an opportunity brands have to be thought leaders. David, what about back to the future? What about old school things like sending handwritten thank you notes? Uh, something that actually takes a stamp in a handwritten envelope. I get blown away every now and then when somebody does that and shoots one of those to me, going back to the point again of not necessarily being as impressed by what I remember about you as I am impressed by how you've made me feel. Right. No, there's no question. I'm, I'm, that's, a, that's a terrific point. I mean, that's something that that I know that when I get it, you know, when I get something from, I mean, you know, financial people, any, anybody I'm around, and, and even though, even if it's cheesy, you know, I still go, oh, that's really cool they took the time to do it. I mean, it's, it's the little things, you know, the, sort of that, that quote, the, it's the little things in life, there's nothing bigger. Um, if you can do that with people, and, and again, I think with franchise prospects, I think that, that that's always the case. Even, even when people have signed on, I think there's a terrific opportunity to, to really do something really personal with the staff uh, when someone signs on instead of just, you know, rolling up the, rolling up the, the carpet once the contract's signed. I think, that it, I think those personal little touches always make a, make a big impact on people, and you're, and you're exactly dead on right about that, Sam. All right, Ryan, I'm going to call you on the carpet here. You know, David made it real clear before you were born on the Internet generation what do you do to help make people have that aha moment when something like a personal business or a personal card arrives after somebody you've engaged with them do you do you do that in, in your world as well yeah it's funny i actually years ago i was told by a mentor it was kind of ingrained in me by mentors you find you find ways to wow people and you find ways to to, to really, and not only just send the card, but put a little bit of thought behind it and, and develop a relationship. You're not looking at this person like a transaction. So it's actually something I do in my life. I actually, I set a goal. I try to send a hundred cards per year. And that, that's just a random arbitrary number that I've put on it just to try to hold myself accountable because handwritten notes are extremely powerful. Um, one of the things that I'm also doing in, uh, whenever I have guests and, and audience members on, on my podcast and I haven't, I haven't done it in the past. It's something that I've implemented. Um, I, uh, I, I'm trying to also send an additional gift along with the card because I've, I found my way into, I have a, a bunch of cases of wine and I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm gifting here and there, but it's, it's always in this, in this increasingly high touch, high frequency push notification, digital world, Sometimes the things that, you know, the, the older, more simple things will, can work better. And so, it, you know, I'm a big fan of that. And I'm glad that you guys brought it up. So, guys, if I were to ask you to give me what you think is the most powerful bit of advice that you could share with a franchise development person who's sitting out there polarized and just not sure how to put all this together and how to stitch it all together, would it be safe to say you've got to have tools to use, whether they're digital or conventional, to attract prospects to your concept that are already interested in looking, and a whole different set of tools to use to help people who didn't have any idea they were going to wake up today and think about owning a business, learn about yours, and that you can weave the cost of budgeting for all that into a single number if you begin with the end in mind and manage through a whiteboard, perhaps, thinking about how many of these different tools that you have to create can be used in multiple places. David, would you speak to that first? Yeah, sure. Um, and I do think that you need to have uh, a regimented sort of proven approach for coming up with a plan. I mean, you know, it's, it's sort of you know, the, old, the old adage of sort of if, you're, if I was traveling to Atlanta from Raleigh to Atlanta today, it's a lot easier if I've got a map than if I don't. So I would get there eventually, but it'd take me a lot more gas, a lot more time. So we, uh, you'd mentioned earlier uh, when you were introducing me that we have a, a something called link planning, L-I-N-K. It sort of links what people think about their brands and what their consumers think about them. We have, uh, if, if, if people want to go to our website, you can download a case study and it, and it shows you how to do it for free. Again, getting into content marketing, obviously. But what I, what I would say is that you have to be able to have a process for putting together a plan. Once you've got a plan in place and you can put sort of what you're going to do, who your target audience is, uh, what your budget is, who's responsible for what, then it gets a lot better, 
a lot more successful that way. So if if anyone would be interested, it's certainly it's, there's, there's a free download. It's called Link Planning. And whether you get it from us or whether you get it from any other place, again, my point being is that if you put together a plan versus just sort of you know, just sort of slinging things on the wall, I think you're going to be a lot more productive uh, as a result of, of doing that because you'll be able to get all your people together in one room at one time and really sort of mine all the the, all the great intelligence that you have as a company and then be able to put it into a, an action plan that everybody is sort of signed off on and then, then you're able to sort of measure it and track it and 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 revise it as you need to. Ryan, what about you? I think that David's link plan is a very perfect place to start. Um, I've talked to it to David in depth. Um, I share clients with David and uh, you definitely cannot come at this with a shotgun approach and uh, not have a map, not have a strategy, not have a plan. My biggest, my biggest piece of advice um, is figure out how to use the current platforms and tools today, which by the way, the free publishing tools, Yes, there's video editing and this and that and the other, and there's thought that have to go behind it, but figure out a way to tell your story. And that can be, and I like the, the fewer, bigger, better mantra that, that David has, um, but figure out a way to, to, tell, to tell the story, whether it be via some authentic testimonial videos, but just tell the story and then audit, audit the budget and make sure that you are putting, uh, that you're putting energy into um, not pardon the pun, but rally folks around your brand and, and the purpose. And, and that really starts again, like David said, is, is, is beginning with, with uh, the audience in mind and what's, what problems that you can solve for them. So find ways to tell stories and tool up to be able to do that. And then secondly is display. So I look at I look at all of these different social platforms and then you can look at the, the review and reputation sites and anywhere where people are talking about your brand. Going back to the quote that I mentioned in the very beginning, uh, marketing today is about not, not just what you're saying, but about how you're engaging with them. So make sure that you're, you're figuring out ways to build community. I know some, some brands are starting podcasts, which have been wildly successful, um, um, but find ways to display your culture online, find ways to engage your employees to tell their stories. Because believe it or not, franchise prospects, for example, in certain service-based industries, um, it's hard to, in really any industry, it's hard to train and hire people. And so if you have your people out there telling your stories, they will sell your employees or your franchisees' employees, they will quote unquote validate and sell the franchise system for you or be a component within that. So you cannot ignore you cannot ignore these publishing tools because billions of people are on these platforms. You have to build community. You have to have tools that help you do that. Um, at Rallyo, we have a really great suite of tools that can help you do that. But whether it's us or, or other folks, I would go to the, to the um, for example, the, the Entrepreneur Magazine put out the Top Suppliers Award. Go down that, look in marketing and do a quick audit of that and find some people to talk to. But you can't ignore this stuff anymore. And that's my advice. David, I'm going to ask you to, to pick up on something that Ryan just threw out there. The word culture finally entered the conversation and, and, and what an all-important place it did. So talk a little bit to those development managers about how important it is to not just sell your secret sauce and your product or your, your franchise's amazing whatever it is, fill in the blank, but the culture of the business and the environment that you find yourself in and, and how you project that out there as well being as important as anything else. Yeah, I, that, that's a great point too. Uh, I, I, the one thing that I'll say is that the, the biggest thing I think that need, people need to think about when they're thinking about their company and how to, to drive sales for their franchises is actually step a, a step backward and think about it from the people that, you know, put, take off their, business hat, take off their sales hat and go back to being a real life consumer, you know, sort of like, you know, the thing I always talk about with guys, I mean, we're notorious for walking into a clothing store, even though we have to buy a tie or a suit today because we have to go somewhere tomorrow, even if it's that close to a buying uh, decision. You know, you walk into a store, when a salesperson comes up to you, they say, can I help you? What do we always say? No, I'm just looking, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, You've got, to, you've got to sort of be able to come up with a way of sort of getting into the fabric of what's making that person want to make a decision and be able to be a 
sort of a trusted advisor versus a salesperson. Yes. And then from a cultural perspective, you know, you've got to, you've got to help them understand, you know, if, if they're looking to make a change, I mean, it's, it's all about, is there a fit? You know, do you fit us? Do you, uh, do we fit you? And being able to understand what, what sort of prospects are going to uh, understand and appreciate the culture that every brand has. And, and part of it goes to even understanding what your culture is. You know, a lot of people don't really, really think like that, you know, it's, uh, but you've got to be able to understand what you are and what you're not and be able to find people out there that are interested and, and compelled to, to want to be part of your culture and part of your brand. And, and I think that is a, that's something you've got to figure out. And, and many times you can't figure it out for yourself. You've got to go outside of yourself and you've got to, to sort of look at finding, finding other people to tell you that because it's sort of the, you know, the cobbler with the worst shoes in town syndrome. So, so many times I would say that they're going to have to find someone to help them do that unless they can figure it out on their own and be objective. To the point, you know, we tell as franchise development people, um, we know that somebody who's buying a franchise needs to first do some serious introspective, right? And figure out who they are and why they're considering buying the franchise. Otherwise you can't make them interested in your brand. Um, any more than a franchisor who doesn't understand what it is about the brand itself that should attract people. So right. great point, David, that's a powerful point. Um, and we're just about ready to wrap up. I want to ask you if there's anything I didn't ask you, David, that you'd want to share. And, and with that, please tell the audience where and how they can get in touch with you on a go forward basis. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. I, we, um, I would I would encourage the audience to we have uh, we have a website 919marketing.com and we have a section there it's it's called free resources and there we have been able to to put some really really interesting topics we have tips and tricks we have a lot of content there that they can take a look at there's no um there's no sort of tricks where you have to give us your name to be able to look at it it's not it's not like that it's more about just making sure that people are more educated and, and, and making better decisions. So I would encourage everyone to go there and certainly do that, sign up for our blog. But again, the one thing I'd like to hit, hit home again is, is trust. You know, trust really is a, is a huge component of any relationship, and it's a, it's a component of, of any successful franchise brand, along with transparency. You know, and if you're transparent about who you are and who you're not, and you're transparent about how everything works, then you're going to, and you know who to go after. And again, there's nothing wrong with saying you're not for everyone. I mean, in the old days of, you know, the fog and mirror thing are over. You've got to find out those people that are actually going to be prospects for you, who are going to be good candidates for you, and, and, and focus there and, and don't waste time and effort trying to, to be everything to everyone. Great information, David, and thank you so much for sharing it. Ryan, any parting shots, any questions I didn't ask that you wished I did? No, the only parting shot is that if if uh, if if you're looking at all of the world of of how do I even make sense with with this quote unquote social stuff, um, there's there's a lot to consider as it relates to paid social. Which Ralio, we are not experts in paid social, um, but but there are massive opportunities in organic social, and you have to have a strategy for both. Um, we. Uh, would just love to share a little bit more about our platform uh, that we have that helps brands monitor, manage, and, and engage at the at the brand level uh, and maintain those brand standards. And then we've got local level tools that will blow your mind as it relates to to crowdsourcing content from employees, um, crowdsourcing content from franchisees, and crowdsourcing content even from consumers through. Um, different app integrations, and and it, we're we're really doing massive measures to help change brand narratives uh, as it relates to uh, all the different social platforms. So I'd love to share more about that. Um, you can just send me a quick email, Ryan H at Ralio com, and I've got some podcasts and a number of different. David, we need to get some, we need to get some of the the resources on on the website like you have, but. Um, I'd be happy to share that. And th those are obviously no strings attached. But anyways, Stan, appreciate you having us on. Appreciate you guys trying to squeeze into a single hour, which should be a half day or longer discussion. <laughs> but I hope we've given the audience a little bit to chew on and a whole lot more to find out from each of you as they reach out to you individually. Next week, Franchise Today will be coming to you from the luxurious podcast studios of the Atlanta Tech Park the very first technology accelerator in Peachtree Corners, just north of Atlanta. Atlanta Tech Park is a global innovation center designed to connect young companies 
with other companies around the world. And our guests next week will feature Grant Simon and Greg Thomas, managing partners of LSGF Management. LSGF is an acronym, folks. It stands for Life's Short, Grow Fast. Grant and Greg will be here to talk about their multi-unit franchise business of Smoothie King, Great Clips, and T-Mobile with operations including more than 150 locations spanning across those brands. This will be a great interview, and what a better place to do it than at the Atlanta Tech Parks Accelerator and Global Information Center. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman thanking you for joining us today. Thank you, David, and thank you, Ryan. I wish you the best, the very best of all things franchising. And until next week, Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.